0: Welcome to armchair Directors first episode of a brand new movie podcast. I Woo! am one of your hosts. I am Matt James and uh, sitting next to me, but also 16 hours ahead of me in time zone, however many miles that equals because you know it's I'm
1: literally a... the other side of the world literally the other side of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is it is it is my co-host uh, Richard Patton rich my Hello. friend how you doing? How you doing?
1: Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not as good as you, but I, that's because of time zones. I'm not
0: drinking. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Shh, it's too early to talk about that. <laughs> We're like less than a minute in and you're already calling me out for having tequila.
1: Just because I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Because that's damn fine tequila you're drinking. And I, I'm, you know, stuck here having soda water. <laughs> well, you're not stuck. You could be drinking right now. You just, just well, You've become be, an adult. You've well, see, blossomed into yeah. a beautiful
0: adult. Ah, I see. I mean, that's how you start a show. You know, calling me beautiful,
1: that's wonderful. Makes me feel good about myself. I mean,
0: you've you've also gotten a haircut and trim your beard since the last time I've talked to you, so. Yes. Yes, well, you know, came up to my birthday um, back in October, and I thought, right, better look presentable for an outing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, me with uh, the shoulder-length hair that's going to continue to grow because I just really don't want to get a haircut. But see,
1: you're you're, you're playing into the, you know – Tortured
0: artist stereotype there. (laughs) Ex-musician, which I am, but ex-musician turned alcoholic (laughs) author.
1: You're playing up all all of the um, tropes and all the cliches.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my friend, my friend. Uh, So uh, before we get into the actual meat of the show, which we will be talking about, Uh, We talked about this on a different podcast that I did, but I did a top five of my favorite movies ever created, and this came in at number three, and this will be uh, The Mummy 1999 with Brendan Fraser. Uh, This is just the perfect movie, in my opinion, to open a brand new movie podcast.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely, and it is such a beloved movie, and, you know, Brendan Fraser's starting his career comeback.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah no I it, he's he's a guy he's kind of like a kind of like a world class athlete right where he's got this amazing 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 success story young in his career and then like the middle tier of his career for whatever reason for a sports guy could be injury could be something loses a bunch of years off of his career yep. and then he comes back on like the I don't want to call it the tail end of his career because I think Brendan still has a ton of time left oh yeah with with just movies not life Pray to God, but uh, movie life, and he comes back like you know, full steam ahead, and it's it's like it's tragic, but it's also like inspiring. Oh, yeah,
1: de- definitely, definitely. And I think that's actually perfect analogy for you for you know, going with the sports stuff. Um, you know, and who isn't a fan of the man? You know, everyone yeah. who works with him always has nice things to say. You hear about him at conventions, you see you know, videos of him at New York Comic Con, and he's just so. You know, when people talk, tell him how much he means to them. You can see he's truly touched by that.
0: That's yeah. He's he, he's a gracious human being. He's always come off that way. It's like it's like I try to figure out who's a better person, him or Keanu Reeves. And it's Ooh. you know what I mean. It's I don't know either <laughs> yeah. of them, so don't get me wrong. But it's like the stories and like the like a lot of the heartbreak that they've gone through and like like some of the stuff, and you're just like. There are, like, genuinely really good guys out in yes. the Hollywood industry sector. It's not just this dog-eat-dog, you know, winner-takes-all type of thing, oh, Working no. for top dollar. I mean, we all know the stories when Keanu gave, like, almost his entire salary from the Matrix to all, like, the the the, the special effects guys and, like, all yes. of, like, the stunt guys, like, basically the entire uh, uh, um, behind-the-scenes guys. Yeah, all the guys who
1: made him look good.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And that wasn't when he was, like loaded like filthy rich i mean that was like the beginning of like his so it was like you know in now we're talking about keanu reeves being awesome and we're supposed to be talking about the mummy 1999 which is
1: also (laughs) awesome
0: so yes no it is it is so uh (laughs) so um for the listener that doesn't know either of us um rich just give us a quick snippet on uh who you are and why they should care what you're talking what do you have to say well someone has to care what i have to say because i don't Um. (laughs) Unless it's like literally my wife or my mom being our only people listening to this, <laughs> there will be someone that cares what you. Have true, to
1: say. true. Well, okay. So in that case, even um, they may not
0: care. They might only be listening for me, which wouldn't surprise me. I mean, no, no. you are, you know,
1: ex-musician now turned alcoholic writer. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just an Australian who, um, you know, I'm an Australian author. I used to write under the name R.F. Blackstone, creature feature horror stuff. Um, I am a love lifelong movie buff i went to film school so yeah i think i have qualifications ample to sit here and pontificate about the cinema
0: yeah one of, us, one of us went to college and now we both do the same thing so who won that battle
1: me, because I, I got to live five years in in Mexico and have yeah. really
0: good tequila for no. really cheap. No, I get it. I get it. No, believe me. Yeah.
1: Oh, you, you sounded just like my dad. Then you know. Oh yeah, you went you went to college and started movie making, and look at you writing books. Oh, writing money books. well spent. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so did Michael Crichton. Bum. Oh, that and that hack. That hack. <laughs> So yeah. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm Matt uh, Matt James, uh, action adventure author, podcast host, editor, publisher, graphic designer, father of two, husband to one. Because I don't believe in. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So and uh, like Rich, I'm a total dork when it comes to movies. So I'm a total dork to movies that I like ah okay that's a very good
1: quote qualifier and it is it is to distinguish it because you can be a geek for movies in general and you can nerd out about movies in general but being specific that takes that takes skill and that takes class and time and effort
0: yeah and it's yeah it's effort i was about to say it's effort and energy (laughs) because it's it's just like for instance like so prep for this show i mean there's there's probably few people with us combined that know more about this movie than the two of us together. But uh, I'm sure there is. Oh, but I'm, I'm just pretty, saying. where are pretty we're...
1: sure the guy who wrote and directed it might know more than us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Well, probably. Okay, look, next, next time I'm speaking to Stephen Somers, I'll ask him. <laughs> um... <laughs> I meant in the fandom of it all. Not oh. In... No, but th- the idea <laughs> is that, like, I mean, I've probably seen this movie – 40 times maybe i mean i've watched it three times in the last 24 hours
1: and that's just because you wanted to not because that's just because i
0: no, it's just because i wanted to i was watching it anyways and then when when i messaged you like three days ago to start a new podcast because you know these things don't take a lot of preparation apparently (laughs) (laughs) not how we do it (laughs) not how we do it actually i don't even know if it was three days ago maybe it only been two days ago (laughs)
1: um I think it was literally a day and a half, depending on time zone.
0: <laughs> I have a timestamp. I know it started with, I really want to start a movie podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is really good. Uh, this is really good uh, video for an audio podcast, right? This is a... Uh, Currently, that changes
1: <laughs> scrolling down the screen. Here it is. Let no, know. it's literally
0: Wednesday at 5.07 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> There you go. Okay. So that was just, been... just after it was two na- not, not even just over two days. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that would have been Wednesday, your time, which was Wednesday afternoon, your time, which was Thursday, mine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday morning, me. So yeah, it's yeah. now Saturday afternoon for me.
0: So yeah, <laughs> no, but this is, this is actually something him and I have talked about previously about, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. you know, we could do this, we could do this all day. any, and... any anytime we have a, we do a
1: podcast together. Whether you were on my show or mm-hmm. I, w- I was on your other show, we always end up. At, there's at least a 20 minute part where we talk specifically about this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. It's actually come up on both both times that we've been yeah. on podcasts together. That's actually really funny. I forgot that we met. We talked to you about it on your show. I know we went to lengths uh, on on my show because we you brought up Mexican mummies and then we yes. started talking <laughs> about the mummy. And it's like, oh yes, they're not even remotely close to one another at the end of the day, but. The no. word mummy kind of triggers us and, yes.
1: <laughs> and for those who want to hear that lovely bit of tangent about Mexican <laughs> it, mummies and how I linked to this, go check out the episode of Art of Blackstone on What's the uh, other podcast?
0: <laughs> let me think. I got there's a lot going on. Real life fiction. I know the name of it. Yeah, there you go. Being dumb. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there, there's, a free, there's a free plug. <laughs> and you can you can see his mug on YouTube. It's not oh, just don't a, do that,
1: don't do that, don't do that. It's audio, just a like, massive hair. It's it's literally like Chewbacca.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. No, but, uh, yeah, so we are here to talk about one of our beloved movies of in both our lives. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. The, the Mummy, and so, true fandom, it's called M- Mummy 99. 99. <laughs> Take no substitutes. Take no substitutes. <laughs> I just find it funny. That's, that's that's like, you have to, like, put you it out there. You yeah. yeah, don't say the, the Mummy, you know, the first one with Brendan Fraser. No, you just say no. Mummy 99. Yeah, not the Mummy Nine. No, it's nope. Mummy Ninety Nine.
1: <laughs> well, because you've got the original Mummy with Boris Karloff from nineteen thirty-two, yeah. or was it thirty-three? Sure. Yeah, we'll go. Over. It's either one of those. Yeah. And then you've got the Mummy Twenty Seventeen <laughs> with Tom Cruise.
0: Yeah.
1: And then you have the Hammer Horror, the Mummy movie. Um, I think that was called Tomb of the Mummy with Christopher Lee. Yeah. So you know, you've got to differentiate what part of the fandom you're in.
0: Yeah, no, you do. You do. No, that that's... And, you know, it's kind of a rare thing because it's 90 years, you know, between now and Boris. So it's yep. like there's such this, like, grand distance between them. This isn't like a new series. Like, it, it wasn't like what became of Spider-Man, right? It wasn't no. like what's become of Fantastic Four where that's all been done within the last 20 years, yep. 20, 25 years. You're sitting here going, you know, this is... Well, I guess to 2017 you're talking this is 80 years 90 years apart so it's like the fact that it's been redone a few times shouldn't shock you it shocks yeah. you when they're redone every four years because they're utter failures which i think yeah. is going to end up happening to the mummy again unfortunately because i don't think Universal's is going to let it die oh no um,
1: no they will they will try to get a version of the dark universe up and running
0: see that's the thing with that is where are they going to be able to go with that? That's bigger than a $200 million budget with Tom Cruise. You well, know what I mean? It's like, it's like, you're going to, you're going to redo that. And it be, it, it's like, it wasn't like fantastic four when those, mo- which the first two, we don't yeah. talk about the third one, uh, the first two, which I loved. I thought they were great considering yep. when they're shot, when they're made, the budgets, the the CGI at the time, like Torch looked amazing. I mean, yeah, considering, and, uh, he looked great.
1: Michael Chicklis's suit as the thing.
0: Another phenomenal cast. We always yeah. talk, that's him and I always put emphasis on the casting, uh, which we will do plenty in this movie. But it's yeah. like, it's like those movies were, they were good. But at the same time, it's been long enough. That. They weren't ever really seen as big blockbuster like mm-hmm. monsters they were just kind of like eh. like yep. the fans thought they were like blockbusters but you know this failure of mummy version 2017 it's like you're having to like it's like what if they tried to make Waterworld five years later Ooh, you know what i mean but it, it, yeah. it wasn't that big of a flop but you're sitting here no. going you had the stardom because i mean you had you know you know Dustin Hopper, obviously Kevin Costner. I mean, you had a a good cast, but you're sitting here going, Kevin Costner at the time was the biggest thing in Hollywood, more or less. So you're like, are you really going to like recast who's supposed to be a unfailable, killable Hollywood star? Because isn't that the one thing that people always say about Tom is that his movies don't bomb? Well, they used to say that. (laughs) Well, then you have Top Gun, which is a, you know.
1: Ooh, good movie though.
0: No, no, I get it, I get it. But that's, you know, it's... You're sitting here going... Like, I'll be the first to admit, he's done a lot of great movies. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I loved a lot of his mm, movies further back. But, yes, anyways. So, here we are. Mummy 99. See, I said it yes. again. I'm going <laughs> to say. Mummy 99. Mummy 99. So, uh, so with these shows, um, I kind of want to give the listener a little bit of a rundown on the movie itself before we get into it with our takes with yep. our fandom. Uh We also have some stuff we're going to do a little bit later, which is uh little trivia tidbits and mm-hmm. some, some of our favorite quotes from the movie, because yep. that's the one thing that Rich and I have always talked about is like these memorable quotes, especially this movie, oh. like this movie, there's movies of certain ilk that just, they, they have, There's, I don't know. There's something about it. I, I, there's. It's hard to explain, because there's also movies that don't. So there's really great movies that don't have memorable quotes, and there's really great movies that do have memorable quotes, and I don't really know why, or I don't really know. I think it's.
1: Go uh, ahead. My 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 theory is that it's comes down to three things: the director, the writer, and the actor. Sure. So you've got a great line, like for example, you know, one of my favorite lines, in. Mummy99 is, you know,
0: apparently he had a
1: very good time. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Now. The warden.
1: Yep. You know, yep. it's a great line. Now, if you had any other actor do that line, it would not be as memorable.
0: Yeah. And that's, okay. that, honestly, that's the whole thing with my... So on Facebook, as of recording the show, Facebook earlier today, I posted that the... Combination of Brendan Fraser, Rick O'Connell is one of the greatest yep. casting pairings in movie film oh, hell history. Oh yeah! Oh hell! Yeah. And I was curious as to what, if any, because oh yeah, I'm, I have a million followers on Facebook, but I was curious <laughs> on because I, I like to say a little bit of some hot things, hot takes, and, uh-huh. and 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 a lot of them are my my truth. Like the the one I always get killed for that Rich laughs at is. Uh, not because he doesn't uh, disagree with me, but he just laughs at it, is uh, the Hobbit trilogy is better than the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> See, there he is. He's laughing. I, I couldn't even get halfway through it. And I just identify with the cast. Yep. The cast of the Hobbit was S tier, A plus, as good as it gets. Yep. The cast was so good and has nothing to do with the uh, Lord of the Rings cast. The cast was great. I just like all things being equal, the cast of the Hobbit better. And I liked the more like, I guess like maybe the similarities between them. Cause they were all fighting for the same thing. They were all mm-hmm. the same. They were all the same thing. They were all the dwarves, you know, you had the one yep. Hobbit, Martin Freeman. Oh, he, he nailed, nailed. Yeah, he it was perfect. So, and maybe that's all it is, is that I, I've talked about it. I didn't like the bromance between Sam and Frodo. I love Sean Ashton and I love Elijah Wood, but their portrayal of the characters was awesome. But it's nauseating for me to watch them on the side of the mountain in Two Towers, and the, and I'm just like, it's nauseating. I just is it I more can't... nauseating than in when they're on Mount Doom? Same thing. It's it's all the same <laughs> thing. It, it's I fast forward through it all. I just can't do it. I. You've I just, honestly just can't. Alienated
1: all the Lord of the Rings fanboys now who are listening to this. You just alienated half yeah. our audience.
0: Oh, and did you know that in uh, this is I don't know why I know this, but I just read this. Uh in um Fellowship of the Ring, mm-hmm. Frodo never actually talks to Legacy once. In the entire movie. He never he, speaks to him once. He doesn't. Yeah, except at, when yeah. Legolas says, and my arrow. Yeah. That's the only conversation that they have together, and it was indirect. The entire movie.
1: Okay, so who's that fault there? Is it that Legolas just doesn't like Frodo, or is it that Frodo doesn't like Legolas? <laughs> I,
0: I honestly, I think it's just. Well, Legolas' character was very standoffish, anyways. Well, yeah, and and he had a little. Well, no, he has a thing against dwarves. He doesn't have a thing against uh, yeah, uh, um, hobbits. Hobbits, but, but hobbits
1: are kind of like dwarves. Short, you know, shifty, but yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> but I I read that and I'm like. Oh, yeah. kind of like in this movie, you never once hear Ardeth Bay. You never once hear one once of the, he most, the, the like one <laughs> of the main, yeah. I mean, you never hear Oded Fair's character's name. Yep. He never introduces himself once, even when they're talking uh, in the scene where they walk in on him and the museum curator, uh, yep. Dr. Bay, funny enough. Uh, Who
1: you also don't hear his name either.
0: Uh, No, you don't actually. You no, know, because so, that's another
1: one where he's referenced as, um, the director is angry with me. That's what Evie says. To yeah, Jonathan. the director of the museum. Yeah, yeah. so,
0: you know, yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, he's the only one that can give us any answers. Like, it, yeah. she doesn't actually say his name. Yeah, but like, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, like, so even when they walk in on the two of them talking, conversing, and then that's when they all become friends, um, It's there's no, like, formal introduction. It's just, yeah. oh, it's the Magi that tried to kill us, like, six times. And
1: then in the sequel, in Mummy Returns, she knows his name by that point.
0: Yeah, because it's been years. So it's like, because <laughs> now, because I think Alex is like... Eight. Eight? Yeah, I think he's eight. Yeah, something like so. that. that which is movie. weird, because I have a nine-year-old, and that eight-year-old is doesn't act like a typical... I don't think...
1: Uh, but that's movie eight, which is different to real
0: eight. <laughs> yeah, movie eight's like real life 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But
1: but we're getting off track here. Back to the mummy. Back to 99.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, so... We're going to get into the movie, we're going to kind of do a little rundown on it. Um, So like right now, what I want to do is um, talk about the physical movie itself, kind of give some props to the people that made it happen. So like in this case, I also like to open up the IMDb page because IMDb always has this really great um, little synopsis at the top of the page. It's usually one or two sentences, and it gives you a really deep, deep kind of dive into the movie in very few amount of words. So um, it's it's kind of nice. So in this case, it says, at an archaeological dig in the ancient city of Hamunaptra, an American serving in the French Foreign Legion accidentally awakens a mummy who begins to wreak havoc as he searches for the reincarnation of his long-lost love. That's the perfect summation Beautiful. of that movie. Yeah, That is the exact summation of that movie. It's yeah. like...
1: Now you need to do it, but with the epic movie guy voice, you know, the, at an archaeological dig in the ancient city of Hamunaptra. You got to do it like that. In a world, there you go. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's you. Every time you do those, you read those synopses, you've got to do the voice. I was going to say I could just hire Kevin Conroy to do it. <sighs> too soon. <laughs> he too literally soon. died today. I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah, that's too soon, man. All right, oh. R- R.I.P. Batman. R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. <laughs> oh, just geez. he has that same kind of grunt, that grunt. You know, just that uh, yeah, gravel he, yeah, actually, to his Yeah, voice. he could. Yeah, he, he, he could do it. He, he well, could have done it. Could have yeah, done it.
1: Way to kill the mood, man such a jerk such a jerk you
0: are i take back every nice thing i ever said about you <laughs> all planned all planned to say <laughs> yeah um so okay, direct so. directed by the amazing stephen summers um yes. which you will have a lot to say about i know uh oh, cause i'm a one, fan of boy, your, yeah. one of your favorite cheesy sci-fi movies was directed by him uh released a year earlier uh, we, we talked about that. this on my last show yes or on the one, not, yeah. not
1: even that Here, this just very briefly yeah he did the very first Live action remake of a Disney movie. What did he do? And, and, and ev- everyone's got uh, whenever I tell people this, they have that exact same reaction. In 1994, he wrote and directed for the Walt Disney Company Rudyard Kipling's The Jungle Book. It was a live action version. It had Jason Scott Lee as Mowgli, it had Lena Hetty as the yeah, um, yeah. Carrie Always, of interest. yeah, Carrie was the villain. It had Jordan, yep, yeah, 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 that was a yep. great movie. And that was Jason, I didn't know Queen's. he did that. Yep, Jason Fleming's first role in the movie as well.
0: Wow, interesting. Yeah, yep. I did I didn't know he did that. That's so, uh, yep.
1: Yep. Wow. And you know, Stephen Thomas, he did that. First live action Disney remake. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like I had no <laughs> idea he did that. Oh, and yep. Yeah, so, you know, that was 94. And the only reason he got it just very quickly was because he did um for Disney um an adaptation of Huck Finn.
0: Oh, Oh, um,
1: yeah. And, and, you know, Disney were happy with that that. and they had, you know, they were, you know, he put, you know, he said, look, let's do, I want to do this for you guys, you know, really show off how the
0: jungle is, you know? So he's always had one foot firmly in the action adventure genre. Yeah. No. And then the the movie (laughs) I was prefacing was deep rising. So, I mean, we'll, um,
1: I was going to get to that.
0: Yeah. I was going to get, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. (laughs) It's just, you know, there's, cookie crumbs in certain spots and that was kind of a weird one so i might as well just give up the ghost there but uh (sighs) uh, so what's actually what see this is i think where a lot of the success in this movie comes from is he also what helped with the actual writing of the movie yes so he actually helped write the screenplay and like the story itself so it's like the creative control that he had over this i think really did lean or it lent to a lot of the success because it was his vision from Multiple angles.
1: Oh yeah, and and you know he's always said that you know he saw the original Boris Karloff mummy when he was eight years old. It scared the pants out of him. And what he wanted to do was some of the things from that, the stuff he liked from that movie, but on a bigger budget.
0: Yeah, including Boris's alias name, which is yes, Hard F Bay. (laughs) There you go. Spelled a little differently. The E and the A are in different spots. But it's that was kind of an homage to the Boris Karloff. Yeah, which uh, which yeah.
1: yeah, and that's the thing. You know, when you know that. You know that Steven Thomas has always loved the mummy. You kind of go, "Yep, it makes sense," and it's part of the reason why it was so successful because it wasn't a money grab.
0: No, no, and that's uh, that's something that we talked about too with um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. While it was why it was such a success was because it was there was a lot of family, there was a lot of heart. Yes. There was with Jason Reitman directing it. Ivan Reitman, who's the original director, his son took over. Who grew up on the set of the Ghostbusters movies, so it's like when you have more of a connection than just cash, yep, it makes a huge difference in the outcome of the product. And I think that's just really like that. Sh- that's super obvious, but it's oh, yeah. never done like that because Hollywood is always about the bottom dollar, you know, because or, it's the, a business, or the potential dollar. <laughs> yeah, it is and, a business, and, yeah. but at the same time, it's like there's countless stories where you know, people go against the grain and have massive success. Oh, well, so, yeah,
1: true. It's, but it's also the same thing with books. You know, you get people who write, you know, they go, yep, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to write the books I want to write and they fart and die. And then you got yeah. other people who can't go, right, I'm going to write a book. And, you know, it's not writing the market. It's just more that thing of, okay, I like these sort of stories, so I'm going to write those. And they have the massive success. True.
0: True. So, I mean it, yeah. it is one
1: of those things where you do have to at times go, yeah, money you know, for the money, because you know, unfortunately we live in a capitalist society.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, in this case, this is a product that you're selling to a customer. So it's like it can't be garbage if you're also willing to spend money to make garbage, because now you're you have to recoup that money somehow. So if you're willingly uh, yes. making something that's terrible. And then expecting money to come back in for it—that's not business. So it's like, it, regardless of, well, that's just that's bad. Business I, I, at the end of the day, I, I,
1: I think I think Tommy Wiseau would ha- take
0: you know he'd look at it differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah. But uh, so obviously anyway. this this stars um, Brendan Fraser, who. Yes. He was the '90s. He was just—he was so good. He was so good oh. in so many movies. Um, George of the Jungle. I mean, I just—I remember him from Airheads. I mean, that was. The oh first, yes. <laughs> that was that was obviously that was one of his first major roles, um, and he did. I mean, it was him, Adam Sandler, and Steve Buscemi, and it was like, and there were a bunch of other actors in it. Chris Farley yep. was in it. There's a ton of great actors in it, but you know, then George of the Jungle. Um, he did the. Uh, um, uh, what was the movie where he was in a fallout shelter? Oh, um. That was, that was, it was really funny. Like a uh, Blast from the past.
1: Blast from With the Alicia. past. With Alicia yeah. Silverstone and yeah. Christopher Walken.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christopher Walken was his dad, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And he's, he did so many great movies in that Bedazzled. era. Yeah. Bedazzled was great. That was uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Yes. Yeah. Elizabeth Hurley. Directed by Harold Rainer's. Oh, that wasn't. Oh, you're right. It was a Harold Ramis movie. yeah, you know, everything. Every we can link everything to the Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, honestly, seriously, like you're absolutely right. Uh, but obviously, the beautiful Rachel Wise and oh, yes. I. I still. So I watched the movie three times in the last day and a half. Probably <laughs> every single time that Rick O'Connell talks to Jonathan and says, "Uh, I wish we could trade your sister for them," and he was talking about the camels. <laughs> And then she walks out with the black attire, with the Mm -hmm. face covering, and all you see is those gorgeous eyes. And you're just sitting there going, oh my God. It's
1: like... You have the same expression Rick has.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you just have this blank stare. And and I've seen her, and I've seen this movie, God knows how many times, and I still stop and I stare. Because it's like, for me, it was like young Selma Hayek. There was like... Yes. Rachel Wise in this case. Like, there was like Evie is just... Yeah, because up to that
1: point, up to that point, you know, it, she's been a little frazzled. She hasn't been. Yeah. Like, they're you know, purposely
0: they trying to make her look plain. Yes, yes. and then they that's are. the money I mean, shot. Yeah, you know, this that's is the money this shot. this is the she's all that moment. Yeah, it, you know exactly. It is, it is. But even oh, yeah. when she even when she's wearing the hat with the with the the the, the really poofy unrevealing <laughs> dress at the prison talking to Rick for the first time. She's gorgeous. Like, it's oh, hard to hide that. And it's, it's like, b- and, and, I know and what they're shot, trying to do because she's oh, a librarian. Yeah. She's just trying to be like this normal, like, really plain, like, Demure. yeah, yeah. You're like,
1: but so, but in that sequence, that shot, you know, all right, I've cut Rick down, you know, and mm-hmm. then she stands and does an imperious, I've just saved your life kind of look. That's yep. still a bit of a money shot as sure. well.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, when she stands up after he gets cut yep. down. Yes. Which is actually kind of funny because I forgot this happened, and I just read this a couple days ago, is um, what a lot of people don't know is actually Brandon Fraser theoretically died during that scene. Yes. He actually asphyxiated and his heart stopped. Yes. that's The drugs of doing
1: your own stunts.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what's crazy about that is he actually died. He stopped breathing and had to be resuscitated on the set. That's... And, and, and like when you think that's about that dedication
1: that's... to the to the to the to the movie and the role and nowadays they wouldn't even let you do that you know nowadays oh, it would no. be done with either it'd be a stunt double it'd be a miniature it'd be cgi they motion capture it you know
0: and, unless and you, you, to- you can you can tell he's actually hanging oh yeah like the oh, stress yeah. like if you watch some other movies and you see like uh uh i think in like one of the pirates of the caribbean movies there's a scene you know because pirates they're always yeah. being hung you can tell that there's like they're like there's, on a stool, the, the, and they're or, or they're on a, the harness, st- safety harness. The harness. Yeah, the, yep. yeah, the safety harness. I don't know why I'm doing this. We're not on video, but sorry, uh, I did it too. I did it. too. Yeah, you did it too. <laughs> it's pretty anyway, we see each other. We, we, can we see, see for, each other. Yeah, yeah. This is this is for us, not for not it, for everyone else. <laughs> yeah, this is for us. yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't have any. Uh, I didn't put any uh, mascara on, so I'm happy this isn't uh, for uh, for camera. <laughs> so, sorry, Rich, you're not that important. But mm-hmm. uh, oh darn. <laughs> Oh shucks! <laughs> no, but yeah, that's that was a, that was kind of scary with stuff like that. So I mean, that's oh, yeah. the dedication to the craft. Uh, so yep. that was actually funny. Um, my wife sent me a uh, a little snippet of an interview that um, Ryan Reynolds did on Jimmy Fallon's show, and uh, he was talking about it was mostly because he has three daughters with Blake Lively, and they're yep. pregnant with a fourth child. Jeez. And now I don't know how old this interview is, so I don't know if the baby's been born yet or not, whatever, okay, but well. as of the interview, and he's talking about how he hopes it's a girl because he has girls figured out. He's already got three. Having a boy Makes would sense. be like, he made like an analogy of like throwing like a wild animal into like a pit or something because he's just like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh. But he even referenced how I'm even thinking about like taking care of myself more when I'm on set, not doing my own stunts anymore. Uh-huh. Like, being around to be here for the my girls and being able to yep. play with them physically and not beat myself up so much. He goes, because I just had my seventh surgery. I've had this. I've had that. Like, all of these things. And and it's, like we were saying, like, doing your own stunts. And now with it being such a risk, yep. because people are getting ballsier and ballsier on film because they're trying to make it as realistic as possible. Thanks, thanks um, to Tom Cruise. Yeah, honestly. No, you're right. You're right. I mean... But, it's yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I, I just... That was yesterday. He, I, wow. I, I read that interv- or I watched that interview with uh, Ryan, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds and I was just like, yeah, because yeah, he's, he, he's 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 comedic actor, but people don't realize the, he, he's very physical. He's very physical. People. And you see a lot yeah. of his a lot of his stuff is is him. And and you they make it apparent by camera angles and, you know, where you can hide yeah. somebody with the back of their head or whatever. Like a lot of his stuff, you can see it head on. And like when he's fighting, like you can tell it's Ryan. Oh, you yeah. Know? And so, I mean. But uh, movie also stars the amazing John Hanna. again oh, yes. another A plus casting. Arnold Vo- Vosloo was great. You have a, a love for Kevin J O'Connor, uh, you know he, he did, <laughs> my buddy Benny. But, yes,
1: uh, oh, come um, on, he's a staple in every. Yeah, you know, he's he's be, be, basically been in nearly every Steven Sommers movie. He yeah. is like you know he's the ver- he's um, Steven Sommers version of um, oh John Ratzenberger for Pixar.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, and then we also have the amazing Jonathan Hyde, who <laughs> um, Jonathan Hyde's amazing. Uh, so if right off the top of your head, if you're not pulling Jonathan Hyde, uh, so think back. So in this case, he plays Dr. Chamberlain. He plays yep. uh, the uh, archaeologist. Uh, I don't know what he is specifically. I think he's just an archaeologist. I don't know. No, what... he's the Egyptologist. that's how Egyptologist. Re- that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking <laughs> of. But he also plays um, uh, um, uh, Jumanji, Alan's dad. And Van Pelt. And and Van Pelt. Yeah, he does the dual role. Yeah. so think of the Cadbury and Richie Rich. (laughs) Yeah. Think the the voice. He's got that classic, like oh yeah. It's hard to New Zealand actor.
1: New Zealand actor who who worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company in England. So that explains where the voice is, why the voice and the theatricality and all of that. You know, he's a great actor. Yeah, he's definitely
0: got a he's definitely got a theater voice. You could tell he's a theater actor. He's got that yeah, bravado. Uh, he's got that projection with his voice when he speaks. It's I'll, like, I'll uh, love... yeah, no, you're right. It's like, um, John Rhys Davies. Yes. So oh, yes. same thing. You can tell he's a stage actor before he oh, became yeah. a film actor. He's just got oh, that yeah. big voice. And like, he's used yeah, to project yeah, across great. the room. Yeah. You know, like Jonathan
1: yeah. Hyde, he's got that great, you know, voice. And then in, you so, know, Salah Nighting- f-
0: Sala from Raiders, just yep. in case people, John Rhys Don't Davies. know who John, yeah. Yeah. It, or, or, or Gillum. Gimli. Gimli. Sorry. Yeah. Gimli. Um, you're really
1: going out of your way to endear
0: yourself to Lord of the Rings fans with this. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like the movies. I just said I like the Hobbit movies better. Like, actually, yeah. qu- quite a bit better. <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. See, there's no um, romance in this. All it is is just a is like fifteen is men it, it, on the side of a, a mountain hunt. together. Yeah, it's a treasure hunt. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fifteen men after a ring. <laughs> technically, it's a technically it's a stone. Okay, fair Hobbit. enough. The
1: Arkansone. Right. Yeah, okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Technically. You see,
1: that, that shows how much I pay attention to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and all that. But with Jonathan Hyde, I love it. You know, he's got that great voice, and then he gets the he gets one of the best comedy comedy moments in The Mummy 99, where they're all there, they've discovered the um, you know, the feet of Anubis, you know, the Anubis mm-hmm. statue, and they're having that brief moment of who gets the dig there and who doesn't. And he goes. Push off. This is our dig. <laughs> yeah.
0: They're led by a woman. What does a woman know? woman know? <laughs> yeah. It's misogynous. But he plays, oh, yeah. he plays, it's a perfect. Vicious... Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, it's perfect because you need that personality to make that line comedic. And he's you not know?
1: afraid to ham it up as well.
0: Oh, no, no. And that's the thing. That entire character is not a comedic character. And he no. is really funny throughout most of the yes. movie. He is. It so comes is. down to casting. It comes down to casting and, and knowing your, knowing your, your role, knowing oh, yeah. your, your, you know, knowing what you're there for, oh, yeah, you know? Definitely. And then, uh, of course we also have, he's kind of, I, I kind of want to say he was almost like a, one of those weird Hollywood man crushes. I had was mm-hmm. Oded fair. He just, he's such a good looking guy and he plays like, I can see him as like, he's just got that great look. I yep. can see him playing in so many different roles. He's a great yep. actor. Like, there's, it's like, he's got, like, Henry Cavill. Like, uh-huh. you can't deny that's a good-looking man. And he's a great actor, and he's funny, and he's a total dork, which is hilarious. I sat there and watched that guy for an hour and a half build a computer. Yes, it's that's so, a great video. It's a great video. And 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 then he went and toured a thing of World of Warcraft. Yes. Or War, or Warhammer. 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 It's a Warhammer guy, yeah. Warhammer. So you're just like, but like o- Oded Fair. I'm like, I see him in these movies, and then I've seen Resident Evil, and then some of the yep. other stuff he's done. And I'm like, that's a handsome gentleman, and he's a very good actor. He just looks the part of the action hero. He just yep. got this great look. Well, it's, I mean, you know, and this was his um, first movie.
1: This was his first movie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's that's impressive. Like yeah. honestly, because you know that that opening narration from him is great. Mm -hmm. and i love it you know where you know they talk about what happens if you know he if they you know the mummy gets escape and you know he says all the powers he's got you know that final you know and the glory of invincibility (laughs) you know that's (laughs) i know i do a very bad (laughs) yeah i was about to say (laughs) yeah you didn't do him justice there no i i I know and 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 (laughs) it also doesn't help that i i look nothing like him
0: (laughs) uh there's a little resemblance i
1: think Oh thank you. Um but nobody can you see know. you,
0: so oh yeah, well i <laughs> um, small small. I actually picture. have a quote here. Stephen Summers said Oded Fair was too good looking to have his face covered in tattoos as it was originally intended.
1: Yes. Yeah, I uh, that was a wise choice because I know yeah. my my you know when the movie came out, my mum, you know, yeah, my mum developed a crush on on him. <laughs> and then when um, Resident Evil 2 came out,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: she went, Oh, uh, yeah, well, I suppose we'll give it a watch. And I said, oh, you know, the guy the, the guy from The Mummy's in it. And she went, which one? You know, because in my mum's book, there's a couple of guys in The Mummy that's quite, <laughs> you know, Yeah. And Fraser, Arnold yeah. Rosloo, him. And I said, oh, well, it's the Magi. And she went, let's watch it. It could be good. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason my mum watched Resident Evil 2 was just for that.
0: Uh, that's that's mean, the power of a pretty face. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I get it. It's... <laughs> But, so, with this movie, um, oh, and I got to give him his due because he's hilarious, is uh, Omid uh, Dala, Dajalili, yes. um, who is the warden. So, he yes. is the quartet at the beginning. The, Thank you very much. You know, he's he's, he's our buddy. <laughs> he's great. Um, I got to give him, because he's he was the comedic sidekick. I mean, I know Jonathan is basically that throughout the entire movie to a degree. But, but a different kind. A different kind. The warden yes. was was and like like you were saying, there was there's things that he did that no one else could have done. Casted besides, so yes. it was it was I and we were talking off camera. Is I also just watched Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow again, which is another movie I've actually watched quite a few times. I love it, and uh, he plays another kind of B roll in that where yep. he does a he does a great job. And as soon as you hear his voice, you're just like. Oh, that's the guy from the mummy. It's like yep. you don't, you know, he 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 doesn't look the same. He's a little leaner. He's he's older. Uh, probably not that much older because I don't think Sky Captain. Sky What's Captain that,
1: 2004? was four, two thousand four.
0: Yeah, it was probably five or six years later, maybe. So yeah. So, but yeah, but you know, he, he, it you could tell it's him. So. Oh yeah. But yeah, a lot of great actors. Um, like I a lot said, of great the, character actors. That's the thing. It's you know, like okay, even the Americans, me. the cowboys that were in this, they, yes. they were great. They were all individually yes. great the director of the, um, of the museum, Eric Kavari. Yeah. Another legend. Yeah. yeah. He was That's great. The thing.
1: That's the thing. You know, Steven Thomas. Yes. Some people, you know, you said it, he, he, you know, schlocky sci-fi stuff. You know, he did deep rising, you know, he also did Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. He did the, uh, you know, yep. he did the two GI Joe movies. Say what you will about him. The man knows how to cast a movie.
0: Yeah, no, he does. Cause even in, um, even in deep rising, his cast was good. Treat
1: Williams, you know, Kevin J yeah, O'Connor. I mean, yeah, and
0: yeah. um, I always forget who the girl is. Femke Fam- Jensen. Femke Jensen. Yeah. Yeah. And she was oh, yeah. great. I mean, everybody knows her as Jean Grey from the original X-Men. And or, then, Xenia um, uh, Onotop the from Golden I. Yep. Yep. And then she was also in a really creepy, weird, Lose Your Illusion. No, Illusion. Uh, Lose Your Illusions is a record. Um, okay. that's Guns N' Roses. Um, it was a it was a, a movie with a magician, like an illusionist. Mm-hmm. A really creepy movie. It was. Um, uh. Anyways, we can go on. <laughs> I was trying to think of the movie because that was that was I think that was the first time I had ever seen her in in anything, and it was okay.
1: See, first time I saw her in something, it was um, Golden Eye. That's mm-hmm. my introduction to her,
0: as was probably the majority of people because I mean, that movie was freaking. And for all those wanting to know what the hell that is, that is an Italian Mastiff. (laughs) I was going to say that was so loud and like, like massive that I thought it was in my house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, that's, um, that's, that's,
1: that's, that's that's the dog. It's an Italian Mastiff. And that's how he lets you know when either something's going on outside or something's going on inside. (laughs) I was really
0: close. It's Lord of Illusions
1: oh 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 um with um scott bacula
0: scott bacula yeah, yeah, that, came, that, yeah. that came out the same year it came out in 95 it came out with uh with goldeneye oh wow so, okay i know i was close i'm like yeah, you were i'm like that was good I, <laughs> lose your illusion volume one and two <laughs> 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 apparently it was it was it was a, it was a duology movie <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, so, trillion trillion her name saint was james. trillion saint james and james, james. rising
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a come on, it's a it's a great throwback to seventies disaster, like the Poseidon Adventure. It's that sort of great name.
0: Poseidon Adventure, that was I actually referenced that in the current book I'm writing.
1: Ah, see. So you know, don't don't you go turning your nose up at that name.
0: No, I know, I know. It's just I didn't expect the female lead to be named Trillion. (laughs) Oh, well
1: that comes from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with Douglas Adams.
0: Oh, is that what that is? I'm not yes. super familiar with Hitchhikers. I, I really oh, okay, gotta, fair enough. I get now, it. The,
1: the, yeah, a female. There's a female character that's called Trillion. Oh, Okay. Yeah, Sorry. and um, her Earth name is Trisha, but all the um, but the guy, the alien who who convinced her to go off into the space, of her change. You know, he said you got to change your name, and she changed it to Trillian.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, if I'm wrong about that, because I haven't read Hitchhikers in forever, if I'm wrong about that, and any listener wants to, you know, correct me. Go to our Facebook page, our Facebook group.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, but um, oh, I'm so, pretty sure you're going to a- get. No, I know, I know, but <laughs> so- um, so in this movie, you have a little bit more um kind of knowledge with the with like the score because I know yes. you said it you you t- told me it doesn't get enough credit, it doesn't get enough love. Um, who uh who actually wrote that? So, Jerry Goldsmith.
1: Okay. This was actually towards the end of his um, life and his career. Now, Jerry Goldsmith, he did the, you know, he basically did some of the best action scores. You think about those those um, composers who do great symphonic scores. Okay, Basil Duras with Conan the Barbarian. Think that sort of stuff. And Jerry Goldsmith, he did the Star Trek movies. He did a bunch of Star Trek. First Contact. Yeah. Yep. He did the Thirteenth Warrior score. Uh, that Richard was an
0: underrated great... Oh, and Congo. I forgot yep, about that. Yeah, see? Okay. That, yeah. That,
1: that's Jerry Goldsmith. And um, also, also, I think he also did Gremlins for Joe Dante. Really? Joe Dante. I think he did. <laughs> but it's one of those scores where, you know... Oh, he did it's... Curious George 3, Back to the
0: Jungle. There you go. a unsung classic. He <laughs> did a lot of but... Curious George movies, actually. <laughs> really? What I just mean? know that because of my kids, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm just looking of having children. <laughs> he did. He did. He did all of them. Good for him. Good for him. That's um, cool. A Land then, before time. Yep. I'm just Is going he, through like random, like, Oh, okay. Looney oh, yeah, no, back in action. Yep. Oh yeah.
1: Oh, he, he had a very prolific career. Yeah.
0: And, you know, he, he was known for
1: using, um, you know, horns and choir. That was his kind of go-to thing. And with the, um, score for the mummy, he didn't use the the choir as much. And when he did use it, it really does show that, you know, he used it perfectly, like, you know, at the opening. There's no, cor- you know, the opening with the history of Imhotep and all that, you don't get any voices in the score until we get to the part about the powers he'll have and the glory of invincibility mm-hmm. and the titles. You know, and it's okay. one of those scores where anyone else probably would have said, right, I'm going to ape... John Williams is Indiana Jones, because that would have been the go-to reaction for that for this style of movie. But Jerry Goldsmith came in, and it's one of those scores you can put on, and you'll instantly go right. You hear, you know, a bit of music, and you're going to go, "Yep, you can." You know exactly what part of that movie it's from, because there are other scores where you listen to it and you go, "This sounds familiar," but what part in the movie did it come from?
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. There's. It happens all the time, and a lot of the time they're like they're short little sections because it yes. might just be an action scene that's ninety seconds long, and yep. but it's got this really memorable part. But it's not like a part of the grander score.
1: Uh-huh. Well, see that's the thing. Like, and what Jerry Goldsmith did, he actually made sure to create a love theme for um, Imhotep and, and Moon a love theme for Rick and Evie. He created a theme for Imotep himself. And he made sure to create a glorious over-the-top action march for Rick. And, you know, for example, when you, when, you know, the attack on the barge, Mm -hmm. when Rick finally gets his guns out and he starts firing back and, you know, that, that music that kicks in, it's great.
0: Oh yeah. I mean the opening, the opening battle at Hamanatra Uh was beautiful. I mean, you, you, the music was went perfectly along with all the horses galloping, uh, yep, exactly. soldiers. The 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 tenseness of the moment. So yeah, yep. no, I'm looking at Goldsmith's um like mid 90s, and it's oh yeah, it's bonkers. I mean, yeah. So Ghost in the Darkness, uh, you're, oh, talking no. yeah. reaction, yep. uh, you're talking La Confidential, Chain Reaction, Keanu. You're talking Hercules, Air mm-hmm. Force One, uh, Deep Rising, yep. U.S. Marshals, yeah. Mulan. Uh, small soldiers. All yep. he did. All the land before times, for what it's yep. worth. Um, yeah, thirteenth warrior. I mean, the kid, Hollow Man. Mm-hmm. H- How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, so yeah, he had a you know prolific career and yeah, yeah. you know the score for. The but he's never mentioned with, with like no, not not with the greats. No, he's not because I mean no, he, even even me I like I recognized the name, uh-huh. but I didn't go oh that guy. I was yep. like, I I knew the name. Well, that's but... the thing,
1: you know. He he never reached the same level as, say, Denny Elfman or, um, you know, Bernard Herman or Alan Silvestri, who yep. did the score for The Mummy Returns.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you Alan know. Silvestri's done. I mean, God knows how many. Yeah, he's done a. He's that's another guy. Yep. Or
1: Howard Shaw, You know. You know, but for me, Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah, the score he did for the Mummy. Yeah, I can listen to that. It's great. You know. The, um you know because he he did the um if you watch Star Trek the Next generation he did the you know the theme that they used for that which came from the first star Wars, Star Trek movie that you know he did the score for that so he, he basically kind of set
0: the the musical taste for all of this
1: and that and that's the dog being outside
0: <laughs> no I was gonna say the dog is a part of the chorus he's oh yeah Oh yeah, oh, he's giving some, the core some depth with that oh, so, so, baritone. Sometimes, that sometimes he's bellow. a very talkative
1: dog. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's great. He gets a good rumble. Um, you know, very similar to like you know that subsonic kind of thing where in the middle of the night, if you hear it and you forget it's the dog, you kind of go, "Right, I'm going to get killed by a monster."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. So, so in particular with this movie. Um, I know we kinda wanna we kinda wanna do because we're both writers, so we see everything as this show is called, armchair directors. Yes. So it was either gonna be that or I was gonna be called Please God, not another movie podcast. Well, maybe if we, you know, once we get to say
1: episode two hundred, maybe then we could change it. <laughs> yeah. Please God, not another episode
0: <laughs> <laughs> of this of armchair directors, <laughs> another movie podcast. <laughs> Please, God, now we're doing Hallmark Christmas movies because we ran out of content. Yeah,
1: I don't think that's ever going to happen.
0: I mean, Candace Cameron Bure is fun, so. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that in all being serious. <laughs> it's Candace Cameron. She's married to a hockey player, retired hockey player. I mean, come on. No idea what you're talking about, right, then.
1: <laughs> you
0: don't? No, because I don't watch Hallmark
1: because we don't get Hallmark in Australia.
0: Oh, well, you're missing out on some classics. <laughs>
1: I'd, I'd rather do all the Marvel movies than Hallmark.
0: <laughs> wow! Uh, I don't Star know with with, with with your with your love for Marvel, you might actually like the Hallmark movies better. Who says I got a love
1: for um, Marvel? I just I'm just putting that's, that out there, just to point. Do Hallmark. <laughs> that's my point. Okay, okay. But... How about a better one? We'll do Star Wars prequels. Oh.
0: Well, technically, yeah. Rogue One's a prequel, so I'm okay with that. No, I'm talking about the official prequel trilogy. Clone Wars? Nope. The animated series? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I'll do an episode by episode. No, there's already a show that does
1: that. Yeah, there's plenty of episode yeah. by episode takes on that. I don't think we could do anything to add anything. No, back- we
0: would just make ourselves look like more of idiots than we already are. I don't think we look like idiots. Technically, we, we don't sound look like, like anything. I was gonna say, technically, we don't look like anything because this is just yeah. audio. But <laughs> yeah, it's a nice loophole. It is a nice loophole. But so, so as writers, <laughs> yes, and as armchair directors, because yes. we are—that's just kind of our job. Yes. Um We also. So the whole reason I got into writing was similar to you. Is you watch movies, you see the movie through the lens of a director, and yep. you pick apart the movie naturally, just because. Your brain, it's just what we do. It's, it, it's like we're a natural. Wide. Yeah, it, it's a natural thing to do. And that's yep. how I got into writing was, yep. you know, my, I've told this story several times. My wife was just, we were watching movies and I, it was probably something with a little lower budget. And it was just, it was just kind of, you know, wasn't my thing. And I said, oh, they should have done this, done this, done this. They mm-hmm. could have done this different. And she goes, you know, why don't you just write a damn book or whatever. And so I started telling stories started writing stories but it's it's like so we pick these movies apart like what we would have loved and Mm -hmm. what we would have uh changed and there's one thing that i can honestly say with that i would have changed but it's not the biggest problem and it's it's really not (laughs) It, it, it's a small thing, and that's just that's just how much I love this movie. Is I wish w- once they got to Hamanoptera, mm-hmm. I wish there would have been more time spent in um, Seti the first treasure room. Uh yeah, like okay. more of an exploration through it. Cause I, you know, treasure hunting's kind of a thing I do in my books, yep. and it's just it's something like I know that's not like the main key. That's Jonathan's reason for being there, but the main reason they're there is not the, is yeah. not the treasure. It's just it's just like, oh, squirrel. You know, it's just something to kind of like add in at the end. But it's like, I every time I see that and you see that wide shot, you see the stairs and there it pulls back and then you see all the, the golden Anubis statues and then it shoots out and it's this massive yeah. underground cavern. You know, like kind of like National Treasure, right? At the end of National Treasure, where it's that wide shot. Uh-huh. I want to see what's there. You found it, but. I, I want to see some of the relics that are in there. Like, I know they kind of, like, in the smaller room before that, they kind of picked through. And remember, he's like, it's a golden blue man. You must be important. And he hugs it. Like, like yes. there's, like, certain, like, like that was fun. That was cool. And then, so, like, I so wish you they would wanted more of that? I kind of wanted more of that. Like, the fight scenes around the treasure was great with the priests mm-hmm. coming up through the ground. But... Yeah. uh Yeah. I mean, there's very little in the movie that I can honestly say I would have wished they had changed. I mean, even down to the cast, there's really nobody that I could be like, he didn't do it. He didn't nail it. It was like, the writing was great. The music was great. The locations was great. Even though it wasn't filmed in Egypt, it was still great. Couldn't because of political turmoil. Uh, it was actually filmed in Marrakesh, which I actually yep. thought was hilarious because that's obviously a big deal in Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> it's like, oh, you picked Marrakesh, all right. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder if that was like a wink, wink to the the dorks like us. But uh, I'm sure it wasn't. It was all financial. That's why all the Star Wars are shot in Tanzania. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Yep.
1: Oh, see, I don't know. I I'd say the only thing I would probably change. And that's just because honestly, I, I I've actually never probably thought about what I would change about about it because I just sit down and I just go on the ride. I just
0: yeah, I it's don't... one of those.
1: It's one of the few movies my my writer brain, my uh, director brain turns off on. Yeah, so It Honestly, say, does I, I would say the only thing I would probably want to change is just a tad, just a fraction, bit more backstory on jonathan
0: yeah yeah because it's jonathan yeah because at, at the very beginning when he's hiding in the casket and he scares her and yeah. he's like you know i don't want you to ruin my life like you've ruined yours and he's yes. obviously drunk so it's just like, a little bit more yeah. of
1: jonathan's backstory would be great and i mean like you
0: obviously know he's a little bit of a scoundrel just by oh yes yeah. everything about stole him stole the puzzle box from yes. rick <laughs> at a local dive <laughs> and you know so, I yeah, no, I mean, I could see that. Like and I'm sure that could have happened. It was probably time. It was probably well,
1: well, they there was the novelization and in the novelization they actually go into more detail about like Rick's backstory and things like that. And this is something I found out which I thought was brilliant. In the novelization they there's a reason why they throw the scarabs in on Imhotep before they cover him at the beginning. Hmm. And it's not because it looks cool. It's this. So he's been given the gift of immortality, right? So the scarabs eat him alive. And what they're there for is that eventually he'll become so desperate to eat. He'll eat the scarabs that have already eaten him. (laughs) Oh, all right. That's a brilliant reason. It's messed up.
0: Yeah. That's interesting.
1: And they couldn't put it in the
0: movie for timing reasons. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, no, I mean when you when you think about it, it's, it's, in, it's it, yeah. It's a vicious yeah, cycle. Yeah, it is a vicious cycle. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like uh what was that from where it was like it was like a immortal being that was being like I mean, there's like the classic tale of Prometheus, but yeah um it, it's not that. It's it's from something else where there's like a uh, somebody that's being uh, tortured for like eternity and it's just the vicious cycle basically but classic one being prometheus from greek mythology well,
1: but you also got sisyphus with pushing mm-hmm. the
0: rock up yep yep atlas i mean that's yep. technically a torture device but, yep. oh, but yeah oh uh, yeah there,
1: there, there's, there's tons of them throughout history
0: and throughout various stories but but
1: yeah there's not really much i would change about it it's it, it's pretty close to a perfect movie as you can get
0: yeah, that's why I called it like on on Facebook I literally called it a cinematic masterpiece is it, yeah, it is it it when you check boxes on what you would consider one of the greatest movies of at least our lifetime the two of us well yeah. Um, and you're you're checking boxes what what matters you know there's the characters so the yeah, characters, characters and the actors story story the, the movie or the score yep. uh yep direction camera yep. lighting like you're, you're talking like the actual production of the movie but then you're also talking about all the story and all the characters i can't find anything that i don't like i mean it, 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 even now i mean no like i there watch is, it and it there is still something looks
1: like. good there is something
0: i don't like oh it ends <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah yeah i mean that's 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 true yeah i mean yeah. even the ending was great i mean the ending yeah. it, it was it was great the, you know the guy the guy gets the girl yeah. I mean Benny gets, gets the camel. Benny gets his comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's one of the great that's the
1: one of the greatest comeuppances in a movie ever because yeah. throughout the whole thing, Benny is one of those characters who you you just yeah, love to hate him.
0: Oh yeah. Oh it was you know, it was yeah. And I and actually read some, a little Yeah, go ahead. I was just
1: gonna say he's got some of the best lines in the movie too.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, the the what about my children? Yes, <laughs> that was a completely ad libbed line. That's what was so great. Like I yep. don't know how they did that without like Brendan cracking up because he's right in his face. Oh, like, yeah. Like being as serious as possible, ready to kill this guy, and he goes, "What about my children? You don't have yep, any there's, children." Someday there's I might. that line. Some like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a there's great the... line.
1: Oh, it is, and his delivery is perfect. Same as you know. Yeah.
0: Hey, it looks like I've got all the horses. Yeah looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. And that slow realization. (laughs) Yeah. And there's actually a scene that I I hadn't really noticed. um, I noticed it, but it wasn't like one of those scenes that I was like, I have to talk about. But I noticed Mm -hmm. it. I actually noticed it uh, either yesterday or today. It was one of my viewings in the last couple of days. But um, so when... I'm trying to set up the scene properly. Okay, it's right when Rick digs the scarab out of Jonathan's shoulder. Yes. And then it falls on the ground, runs at them, Rick shoots it. Bang. Yep. Next scene is Emotep, Benny, and Evie, and they he all is. hear the gunshot. Yep. And... and then that's when he blows the ash yep. and wakes up the first two priests. Yes. Um, in that scene, it's amazing when you watch Rachel Wise and Kevin J O'Connor together, off. So it'll switch back and forth between Vaslu and them. Yep. And you and you can tell it was all done in one shot because they're walking forward, like trying to look at the mural, whatever carving uh of the priest that is
1: uh-huh. you start
0: hearing it and they're like what and they're like looking at it and then they break out of the rock and they like they sh- shiver back yep. and then they grab each other and then slowly <laughs> walk themselves back yes. and then they switch back to Voslu who's talking to them but in the side of the camera you can see them blurred out of focus still backpedaling and if you put on see i watch all of my movies with subtitles Uh huh. Uh, Because there's like there's certain lines. That's one Mm -hmm. reason why I know movie lines is there's there's certain lines that I just I I can't hear perfectly, but with the subtitles I can get a better idea. In that subtitle, all you see, and then you can hear it once you really pay attention to it, is in the background you see him grabbing her, like trying to like push (laughs) Evie in front of of (laughs) Benny, and all you you see Evie slapping him. And all you yes. see is the subtitle is, let go, let go, let go. <laughs> you can see them fighting in the back. They're fighting with each other in the background, bickering with Voslu oh. doing the spell. It's so funny and it, it has nothing. It's like, it's just one of those things you notice in the background of, the, of, of it. And it was just done really well. Oh,
1: I love the fact that everyone's having fun and there's Arnold Voslu who's acting so straight. He is taking it so seriously.
0: <laughs> and he needed to. He honestly did because when you think about it, a character like that is not nothing is going to uh, deviate what he's yeah. trying to do, which is resurrect Anaxuna Moon. So it's like it's like his character isn't a humorous person. Oh yeah, well he's not supposed to be.
1: But uh, you said it. You said it yourself, the Egyptologist played by Jonathan Hyde. He's not a comedy character, but. He has moments, and that's just from how he's portrayed. Same as Rick. Rick is not a comedy character, yet he has his moments.
0: Yeah, well, that's just that's indie. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 that character. Indiana Jones is not um, a comedian, but 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 that's the writing. That's the actor. I mean, yes, that's, and that's, that's the two of them being copacetic. That's that's yeah. where you get great movies. <laughs> I mean, that's that's exactly what we've been talking about. It's that's that is. The, the 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 pairing that makes a masterpiece.
1: Oh yeah! Now that, that see that's the funny thing because there's a lot of people who would say that the Mummy 99 it it riffs off Indiana.
0: Which you know, of people... I, I mean I yeah, but so do I. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like there's that's the thing is I think I, I I I told you this what I what I and it, it's a hilarious way to look at it is you're not stealing it if you respect it. <laughs> well, well, that's, and that's know, the exactly. thing is that they're paying homage. They are respecting what yep. quite literally started an entire genre of movie. Because, I mean, you had your action-adventure stuff before indie, but nobody took the genre, like, seriously, seriously as, like a, yeah. as a monster movie, like, major budget-type style movie oh, definitely. Until, until indie came along. And it was like... Yeah, I do the same thing. I mean oh, well, yeah. it, it it's okay.
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm, but I'm on it all at. you want.
0: <laughs> but there's some satire well, in that too. Well yeah. There's this there's satire in his character too for that.
1: Oh def- definitely. But what I'm getting at is,
0: you know, yeah, it
1: riffs off indie. Here's here's the thing I'm, that you know I'm I'm I've I've always been amazed about Mummy 99. Unlike all the other treasure hunt adventure movies that riff off indie, Mummy 99 works and is still beloved to this day. Yeah. No, you're you right. Know, and, and why? That's the question. Why did it succeed where the Tomb Raider movies failed? Where, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. all
1: the other movies that tried to capture, even Mummy 2017, um, Uncharted, the movie Uncharted to a lesser extent. Yeah. Where? Why do they fail yet? Mummy 99 is the cinematic masterpiece that, you know, like everyone still talks. You can put it on and everyone's going to watch it. Yeah. Even though you've seen it a hundred times, you know what's coming. You still have the thrill. True. Why does it work? That's my, that's, that, 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 that's the question. Why does it work? Is it just because it came out at the right time for the right group of audience <laughs> or is it just lightning in a bottle?
0: Uh, I mean, you could just take the easy way out and say all the above, but
1: now we're not taking the easy way out. Come on. No. Um, what, what, why do you think this is true? Why do you think this, it happened?
0: I, th- I honestly, I think a big part of it was Steven Somers being so involved in every aspect of it. Yep. that That's a big deal. It really is. It really is because how many times, like even right now, um, what did they just lose? Uh, I'm trying to think what, Oh, blade. So the blade yep. remake that they're doing for Marvel. They just lost the director, so it's like you're sitting here going, and the director that was doing it had like, as far as like the matching, it felt like it was going to be a good success, mm-hmm. and then he he dipped for whatever reason, but you know I I think it's underrated when that's why I always said if Jack Riley was ever going to be a movie and I could do whatever I wanted with it, I would give all of the creative control to John Krasinski, yep, all of it because he's going to star in the movie. And I want him to direct it. I want him to produce it. I want him, like what Chris Pratt did with the Terminal List. Yes. Granted, he didn't direct it, but he was the None executive producer. He was the star. Jack Carr yeah, was on the set for everything. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would do. I would be on the set for the entire filming of it. I, I, John would have all the creative control because yep. everything he's done from behind the lens with The Quiet Place mm-hmm. and then his other stuff and his action roles that he's done, He's he's exactly what I would want. And I think that is very under, but I'm also very, very unselfish <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff, where not everybody well, would no. be willing to
1: do no, that. I, like, and, I wouldn't, and, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's unselfish. It's just that it's you're, you're smart. <laughs> you know your yeah. strengths and weaknesses. That's yeah. a,
0: that that's you know, and I have to admit, yeah, I'm I, self-aware. I, I just I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And yep. <laughs> in this case, you're successful. You're the guy I want to play the character. I also know if I offered you all of it. It would be more lucrative (laughs) for you. Yep. So So. (laughs) Yeah.
1: See, that's smart. That's not that's not being being selfless. That's smart. (laughs) That's just yeah.
0: Okay. It's good business. So yeah, definitely. So you But also Brandon Fraser. Right. Everybody loves him. And add in a great movie, but add in Mm -hmm. a great movie at his peak. And then just plays to his strengths. It plays to his strengths too. It really does. And I think there's just like, like do um journey to the center of the earth, but give it but it. but give it an extra fifty million dollars on its budget. Oh, yeah, but that's my point is that yeah. movie was perfect for him. Yeah, it played to his strengths. it had that cheekiness, that corniness to it, yep. that playfulness to it, but it was it still just yeah, it lacked budget, which was weird because yeah. it was I think it was Disney, so it was kind of weird. <laughs> that it didn't get a budget the way it was, but I'm sitting here going, if that movie had a bigger budget, we would maybe be talking about it in the same realm. Same. Yep. That's yeah, all I'm that's... saying is it's like, not that mummy had a big budget, a $80 million budget. So it wasn't exactly. Uh, that's, that's that's $80
1: million in 1997, 1998 money.
0: Yeah. But you know, it for, th- for what they did with that kind of money. Yeah. I mean, Give it an extra twenty or thirty million dollars and see what they could have done. I mean, oh, most yeah. of most most of that probably would have just gone to effects, but yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, because what are you going to do? You're going to give the movie an extra fifty million dollars in budget? Say, fight scenes aren't going to get better. They were no. perfect. They were amazing. They were perfect. It was like you're sitting here going, "There's, I guess." location could have been bigger and grander because they would have had more but at no, the same time,
1: uh, see if, if, that, what they would have done they would have probably gotten britney spears to do a dumb song for the end credits
0: was she even around back then
1: i think so <laughs> well whoever know. the equivalent of like think okay whoever the equivalent of taylor swift was back in that back in the night in 1999 that's who they probably would, they would have given at least 10 million of oh, that fit that extra money to do a bad song for the end credits i mean you're not mariah carey oh <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah 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 it'd be something like that and oh no yeah. no no, no, no. no or Celine Dion um <laughs> Celine Dion's a good one that's probably who it would have been and yeah I, I have to admit I agree Stephen Summers is a big part of that su- movie success he
0: and I think really but is. that's also I think just director in general in this case is I mean a good director obviously but having more than just being handed a script and then having to make a movie yeah, where you're literally writing it from yeah, scratch. Yeah, not being a um, hired hand. Yeah. And I think that's where – I bet you if you look into some of the bigger the bigger movies, I mean, as we do these shows and as we look into them, I think we'll start to see the bigger blockbusters, those bigger classic movies. I think we're really going to understand, like, Indy. Why was Indy so great? It's the same oh, thing, yeah. right? Well, I mean, Creative well, we... Control was all Spielberg and Lucas. Yep. Indy, and... Harrison – monster pairing the role and the writing. I mean, everything from day one was started by the guys who made the movie.
1: Well, that's the thing. I I love the, um, I think it's, I
0: think we're going to see that as like a a theme through this podcast is we're going to see that the guys that are making the movie also were there at the ground level, writing the movie, or at least, helping close to p- it yeah close but that's to the it thing. i yeah. mean
1: i love the fact that you know it's online you can find the transcripts of the original recordings done by spielberg lucas and Lawrence Kasdan when they were figuring out raiders and you yeah. can hear Indiana Smith. Of- yeah
0: yeah Indiana. all that yeah you know, i, talk, I talked i talked about that on a earlier on a different podcast
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that's you know imagine being able to have that but with you know sit down with like steven somers and just find out how he went from doing deep rising silly tentacle monster movie <laughs> to the mummy. And just that progression with writing the script, then sitting down, going casting and everything.
0: Yeah. yeah um, no.
1: You're you right. Know, it's it That, that, that would, that would be, you know, okay. That'd be actually really cool to sit down with Stephen Thomas. Cause then you think about, okay, he did the mummy and then he gets to go and do Van Helsing as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, that was a, that was an that was an interesting movie because of, the time frame for a lot of the actors that were in it. Yes. That was one of those movies that if it had been done three years later, it may have been like huge.
1: Yes. Oh, definitely agree. But it's still like, okay, for me, okay. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, but you got David Wenham as the, as the monk. Yep. You know, Richard Roxburgh as, as a rock star Dracula, basically. <laughs>
0: Pretty much, pretty much.
1: Yep, uh, Robbie Coltrane voicing Mister Hyde at the beginning.
0: Oh yeah, you're right. That was Robbie Coltrane. Yep. Uh, rest you know. in peace. Yes. yes. R.I.P.
1: Kate Beckinsale in it. it, it it's it's see that's another Who movie.
0: Basically, redid the entire character again in the Underworld series. Yes, but it, it in, in black essentially. <laughs> yeah, black black leather. Yeah, vampire werewolf yep. movie.
1: Hey, nothing wrong with the Underworld movies. They're dumb fun. Well, the first one, first two are. <laughs> I haven't seen the rest. <laughs>
0: um, Yeah, I don't know if I've seen anything but the first. I think I may have tried to watch the third one. Uh, the, the fact that uh, I don't uh, remember if I've seen it probably tells me I didn't see it.
1: Hmm. The second one's good because the um, yeah. second one's good. That's got, you know, like the werewolves and all that. Yeah, that's um, the lichens and stuff. Um, but, with, with, but like with Van Helsing, you know, that's Steven Simon is playing with a bigger budget thinking basically, to have as much fun as he wants, and yeah, if it came out three years after it did, yeah, it probably would be huge. But at the time, for what we got, you know, Kevin, Kevin J. O'Connor, well, that's another movie that's extremely well cast.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Of course, I'm, I'm right. <laughs> I'm. You know, I'm curious because when you say David Wenham is Carl, who's the monk? David Wenham's. He's good. Yeah. And guess what? Guess what? He was in that. He was great in.
1: Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, only, only two towers and, you know, he wasn't in all three trilogy. Lord all of three. the Rings is
0: the, seer, is the trilogy, the first But he wasn't is, in all three movies. No, he was in the two and three. He was Boromir's yeah. brother. He was Faramir. Yep. So, yeah, I, I know the names. I, I know some just of checking. them anyways. No, yep. uh, he, he was That's also things. in something more recent that I just saw that I actually thought was really good. Mm-hmm. And this is another tangent, but I have to look, because it's going to bother me. Yeah, go uh, for it. Um, while you yeah. do that. Yeah, you talk. I'm going to look you know, up you know, David. <laughs> David, <Wendham. laughs> David. Yeah, that's. But so going, going back
1: to the, to, to the point of this whole show, which is Mummy 99. <laughs> you
0: knew this was um, going to happen.
1: Oh, yes. We all knew it was going to happen. But, you know, it, as you said, it is a cinematic masterpiece. And, I mean, it's one of those movies where you can run down – the list of what you like about it. And, uh, you know, it's basically everything like, okay, you got Winston, the pilot who wants to, you know, the old world war one pilot who wants to die in a blaze of glory. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that sequence when they're, when they go to approach him to fly them and he's like, you know, he wants the mission and you know, are are we going to, you know, what's the chance of survival? Not very high. I'm in. And then, you know, what's this got to do with the, um, with his Royal air force? Not a damn thing. I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. And then yeah. when they're flying through the, um, you know, the really? wall of sand, <laughs> you know, flying through the wall of sand, he's got the maniacal laughter going.
0: <laughs> Here like, I come, laddies.
1: Ah! You know, and uh, watching it when, when, you know, they
0: crash. And, <laughs> you know, that was terrible. It, that was so bad. You would do better with that because you're more en- English than I am. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Jonathan Hyde when you need him? Oh, definitely.
1: Um but yeah, you know, and when he when they crash and he checks on him and he and he's dead. It actually is one of those moments where you're like, "Oh man." Cuz he was such a, you know, yeah, he, was a bit, he was lovable. Yeah, he's that sort of character you go, "Yep, that, that that's an uncle we all know."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I I, I agree. So, um well,
1: what the was... wall, of sand. wall of sand sequence? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the you Wall, know, the wall love of sand ben... scene, the ball
0: of sand scene was great.
1: That was yep, and the... that was Benny at the end, you know, I love it. The the, the water sand, that was wonderful, you bastard. <laughs> that was a terrible Hungarian
0: accent, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. But yes. no, that. No, but okay. So um, if you could pick a mm-hmm. single part of this movie that stood out more than the rest, your favorite part of this movie, what would it be?
1: Okay, that's easy. Emoteps up and shambling about. And he's first met Evie and, you know, he's wanting her to go with him and Rick comes running in and he's already chastising her for, you know, for running off on her own. And there he turns and he sees Imhotep and he's, he freaks out, you know, and Imhotep roars. And what does Rick do? Roars back and then fires the shotgun into him. Yeah. And then Right, let's get out of here. And as each of them run, they all make a little comment (laughs) about what they've just seen. That that to me that's the mummy that sums everything up about the mummy right there. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Mine is um, if people have heard me talk about this movie before, <laughs> mine is actually a quote. Um, and the reason it's a quote is, Rich and I talked about this the last time we talked on a show. Was there's a quote by Rick. It's a little banter between him and Evie. Mm-hmm. Um, the quote from Rick is what inspired the title for the first book I ever wrote called. Blood and Sand. Uh So um, it means a lot to me because it it was kind of one of those, another tier of inspiration to become a writer. Um, Because this was always a movie that I loved. Um, I actually saw this movie on opening day, May 7th, 1999. Uh, I remember that because my buddy's birthday is May 7th, and we went and saw it for his birthday. Um, So it was kind of one of those things where I've loved the movie since day one, and then becoming a writer... um, and setting my first book in uh, Egypt, Algeria, Sahara area. Uh, mm-hmm. This was a, regardless if I was, you know, taking from it t- for for just my own gain at that point. But, you know, in this case, it was just paying respect to it. Um, it was definitely there, whether I knew it or not, you know, because I, I always considered myself uh, the Indiana Jones kid but um the mummy was obviously a big part of it too and um i have the quote pulled up because the banter it's it's worth it um so uh evie goes mr o'connell can you look me in the eye and guarantee me this isn't some kind of flim flam (laughs) because i'm (laughs) warning you you're warning me listen lady let me put it to you this way. My whole damn garrison believed in this legend of Hamanopter so much that without orders, they marched halfway across Libya and into Egypt just to find that city. And when we got there, all we found was sand and blood. It's a good quote. And, and just to be
1: honest, you, you do an American accent I'm much better than you do a British. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I got the inflections right because I, I oh, know yeah. the scene so yeah. well. Like I know, oh, yeah. I know and, the delivery. Yeah,
1: and if you're a fan yeah. of the of the movie, you know that scene as well, and you can. Yeah. yeah. Oh
0: yeah. It's
1: a great yeah, so, line. It's a great it, line. It,
0: it's a great line. It's a great line. So it's like that that scene, and of course, he's got the the bag rolled out with all the guns in it, yep. and you know, it, and that's when he discovers Benny. So yes. then <laughs> the other phenomenal quote, you know. Isn't it my little buddy Benny? I think I'll kill you now. Yes. <laughs> think of uh, my children. You don't have any children. Someday I might. <laughs> I, I Again, love, that there that sequence was yes. just.
1: Oh, uh, it's you great. care about
0: and... O'Connell. You never believed in the city. <laughs> See that girl? Look over it. Yep. Yeah. She, she saved my butt. You always did have more balls than brains. <laughs> hey, O'Connell. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Benny. And then, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, this, this sequence was yes. so good. That's <laughs> oh, yes. why we can recite it, because that's how good it is. There's <laughs> amazing gonna... parts in movies that you can't like. But that, because you have legendary quotes, and just it, the, the scenery was perfect for it, too, on the riverboat. I mean, it was perfect.
1: Oh, yeah. So. that Yeah, that sequence is great. And then you get the action sequence. It's just one yeah. of those movies where everything works and it flows perfectly. The pacing is amazing.
0: Yeah, the pace is perfect. It really oh, yeah.
1: is. Um, it knows when to speed up and it knows when to slow down. Yeah. And it's so, not afraid to be corny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. and I mean, that's kind of um, – that was something we were talking about a couple of days ago, right, was the the whole Errol Flynn thing, right? yes. Yes, exactly. So, about not taking yourself too seriously um, and knowing that as the actor and the character and stuff. And that was the one thing. Um, I think it was a Stephen Summers quote, wasn't it? Um, about it, it, Brendan er, Fraser. Er, Errol, yeah, Brendan Fraser and the Errol Flynn comparison that he had on on screen. Yep. So, yeah, it, it,
1: um, here we go. Um, so, Stephen Summers um, felt that. Um, Fraser fit the Errol Flynn swashbuckling character he had envisioned, and that he understood his that his character doesn't take himself too seriously. Otherwise, the audience can't go on that journey with him.
0: Yeah, and yeah. as a writer, and <laughs> that's 100 true. Oh yeah, um, you get to a certain. That's why I don't read, and this is this is just me because these are the movies I watch and the books I read. Uh, is like this. Um, that's why I don't read like crazy 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 serious like over-the-top like thrillers Mm -hmm. uh like your tom clancy stuff of the world um i've tried to get into more of those like more serious like uh stuff and i just don't identify with that character with that world like i have to have some kind of balance with yep the action adventure or the action thriller, whether it's horror, whether it's this, whether it's that, but I have to have some sort of leveling with, it doesn't even have to be humor. It just has to be like a little bit of that non-serious. Just a little bit of levity. Yeah. A little levity to the situation, you know? And, and, and maybe that's another reason why I love, I mean, action adventure. That's what I live and breathe when it comes to my books. And it also happens to be what I watch the most of. So I guess that's just a natural thing that I'm drawn to, and um, here we are talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, Mummy Ninety Nine is one of my top three favorite movies ever made. So I mean, go oh, right makes around. perfect sense. Yeah, it does when you think about it. It does. because well, yeah. like 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 stuff like this, my brother wouldn't watch as much. He appreciates it. He loves it, but uh, he would have thirty other horror movies on top of this on his yeah. list because that's just yeah. that's his thing. That's what he likes. And he knows more about all that, the, you know, Clyde Barker stuff, all that stuff, you know, a lot of the old school Sam Raimi stuff, you know, all the Evil yep. Dead stuff. Like, he's got, like, his thing, and my thing is this. Yep. And so you just – you identify with certain things. That's like the space oh, yeah. opera stuff. I don't, uh-huh. I don't get half of it, so it just, it's not as entertaining to me, you know. Yep,
1: and, you know, that that's, that's fine. I mean, what resonates with you? What – you know, and, okay, it came out in 1999, so I was – when mummy 99 came out mm-hmm. yep i was what uh 13 yeah i was 13 years old okay
0: yeah no i was 15 so yep
1: so you know that's that you know 13 15 that is the perfect age to see that movie
0: oh this movie for for a 14 year old boy perfect are you kidding me <laughs> yeah and it was yeah. it, it 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 gets into you in a yeah. good way and I mean, it, are... it
1: does shape you <laughs>
0: Are you telling me Link from an Encino Man is going to be Indiana Jones? <laughs> why wouldn't I love that? Hello, <laughs> Chester Darby, Chaz. From For, me it,
1: for me, it was George of the Jungle.
0: That was the thing. Yeah, George, George of the
1: Jungle is Indiana Jones fighting the Mummy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, but that's exactly. What more could you so, want? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's like at that era. I mean, that was like. That's why maybe that's. I don't know. It's like. Maybe that's back to these movies and why they're so great is there's an era of them. And the yeah. era happens to be mostly the nineties. Yep. And it's, you know, maybe you're we'll call it mid to late eighties to like mid to to like early to mid two thousands. Yeah, Maybe it's because it was just the jackpot of moviegoers. It was the jackpot of those moviegoers' ages. So in this case, a lot of your your kids at that point during this movie and, and the age of the writers and the direct, maybe it was just a golden era of action movies in this case. Um, because everybody has like, I mean, there's a genre for crying out loud called nineties action movie. (laughs) I mean, there is, that's, that is like when you think nineties action movie, you know exactly what you're, what somebody's talking about. Oh yeah. You know, it's Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Van Damme, Seagal. I mean, it's like Nick Cage. Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's like a a very specific thing that you see in your head. So maybe that's, maybe that's all this is, is maybe like you said earlier in the show, maybe it's just good timing.
1: Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with that because it's given us this opportunity to have this long winded discussion. (laughs)
0: Long winded rambling chit chat is what the description in the show says. That's a perfect description then. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, rambling for sure. Long winded pretty much. Yeah, chit chat. Yeah, because yeah. it's better than saying conversation. Because conversation. Oh too. yes,
1: and and the important thing is to make sure that everyone had a very good time,
0: <laughs> very good time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how we're that's how we're closing the show. There we go. <laughs> but okay, so if you guys, listeners, ladies and gentlemen, watching the show, watching the show, listening to the show, see. I'm used to doing a video show, too, so watching yeah, it, no, this gotta is, work this, on that. Yeah, this is, this is a great great closing, great closing, yeah. by the way. <laughs> if, if you guys it. liked what you heard, please give us a subscribe, give us a like, tell your friends. We will be doing a show every week if we can, as long as schedule permits. We plan yep. on doing a show every week. Uh, I will try, we will try to get the shows out every Monday. That's kind of our plan, is get it out at the beginning of the week, so... You can listen to something on your morning drive, on your afternoon drive, or you just plug it into your earpods and ignore the kids like I do. But that's the um, plan. Yeah. As long as I don't ignore the wife, I have to keep it low enough to hear her. Because if I ignore her, then I actually get in trouble. Uh, ignoring the kids, she can't really put that over my head because she does the same thing.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, those kids are going to grow up to be well adjusted.
0: <laughs> yeah. no no but seriously if you guys did like what you heard uh which i hope you did because the the, these are the most fun podcasts uh a the most fun podcast to do but they're also really fun to listen to at least in in my opinion i just i like hearing this stuff um any comments please let us know uh this will be available on all uh major podcast apps I will tell you right now with experience with my other podcast, that Apple is a little slow to uh, approve things. So it will be surprise, everywhere. Prize. Surprise, surprise. Everywhere except Apple as of now, uh, it will be sent to them. It, they just have to approve it yep. So for distribution. But that, that's out of our hands, unfortunately. But uh, yes, so thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, Rich, any last... Words, anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to say before we get out of here? No, 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 very much. (laughs) Yes, so, anyways, thank you guys for listening. I am Matt James, this is Richard Patton, (laughs) yeah, and uh, thank you for listening to what the hell's the name of this show again. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>